Welcome back. This week on the podcast, I talk with Dr. Shannon Ritchie. Dr. Shannon is a doctor of physical therapy. She is a fitness trainer, and she is the founder of her fitness company, Evlo Fitness. Me and Dr. Shannon have similar stories about how we started to work out, and we would do tons of high-intensity workouts. We didn't really know the best way to st uh, structure our weekly workouts, um, our daily routine. And I know for me, I would just keep doing the same high intensity workout day after day. And eventually I realized I'm not getting the benefits and I'm not optimizing my workouts and my schedule the way that I would like. Dr. Shannon, similar story, and she took that and now she is on a mission for people to learn how to effectively work out on a weekly basis and structure their routine without wrecking their body and their mind. Uh, we talk through all things health and wellness, her story, her, her journey, um, including the benefits of different types of workouts, how to structure your routine to optimize your schedule on a daily and weekly basis, nutrition hacks, uh, much, much more. And another thing that I was once doing that I had don't do anymore is drink alcohol. And I drank, I would drink alcohol socially and wake up the next day feeling like crap, not being productive in the days following. And Rebel Rabbit Seltzers, they're on a mission to socialize healthier. They are cannabis infused seltzers. They are locally brewed out of Greenville, South Carolina, my hometown. And they are on a mission, like I said, to socialize, to drink healthier. All the negative side effects that come along with drinking alcohol, like having a hangover, not being productive in the days following, bad sleep, all that sort of stuff you don't get with Rebel Rabbit Seltzers. They have two different levels, a mild hair and a wild hair. So it doesn't matter what level you are. Um, they have something for you. They are racking up the retailers all over the country, but you can go to their link in the show notes to get 20% off your order. They'll ship to you anywhere in the country. Their website is drinkrebelrabbit.com. If you use promo code LIFE20, you're going to get 20% off your order, but just go to the link in the show notes. That link will take you right to the promo code and you'll start drinking in a healthier way and you will get rid of those negative side effects like from drinking alcohol. Another thing, if you're on a health and wellness journey, like I hope a lot of you are, you might as well be sleeping on an engineered sleep mattress because sleep is the number one thing you need to focus on if you're not feeling good, if you're not waking up good, because sleep is the most important thing for your recovery of your body and your mind. Engineeredsleep.com, they have the best products, they have the best customer service. I have three of their mattresses. Their website is engineeredsleep.com. If you use promo code LIVE15, you're going to get 15% off your order. So you'll save a couple hundred bucks, but you're going to get an incredible product, incredible customer service team behind you, and you'll start sleeping better on a daily basis. And Spinks, Spinks Convenience Stores out of Greenville, South Carolina. They're the best in the business. And of course, they have amazing stores and amazing customer service and an amazing product, but the Synergy that they have with my podcast is what they do with the community and how much they give back. And they have given millions of dollars to like the March of Dimes and other programs in their communities to help make a difference. So I can't say enough good things about Spinks. If you go to their link in the show notes, you can find a convenience store closest to you. Um, but most importantly, they're doing incredible work behind the scenes and Spinks is really making a difference with all that good stuff. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Shannon Ritchie. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. We've been catching up a little bit. I was telling you how much my wife likes you and loves your content. But first off, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It is a good day. It's warm in LA. Gotten a lot done today, so I'm feeling good. What's the uh, temperature in LA right now? It's like... Probably it might be in the 80s. I live on the west side of LA, which usually doesn't get above 75, except in August and July. Mm -hmm. So it's and we don't have AC, so <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like I'm just sweating for a month straight, and then and then it's back to 75 again. Y'all do have perfect weather. I'm in the upstate of South Carolina. I think it's 97 today and very humid. Oh my gosh! Brutal. But at least you have good AC. Like that's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just stay inside. You just don't leave your house. <laughs> yep. I went outside for my workout yesterday and it was very hot. Oh, my gosh. 
I hope you did it in the morning. No, middle of the afternoon. People think I'm crazy because I kind of love that, but. It feels good sometimes to really sweat. Mm -hmm. Like really, like I sweat a lot more because we don't have AC when I'm working out. And I'm like, even though I know it's not a better workout, quote unquote, it still just feels nice. Oh, for feels sure. Has uh, has health and wellness always been a big big part of your life? No. Um, everyone's always surprised by this, but I was raised in a family where health and wellness were not a thing at all. Like my parents don't exercise. We did not eat well. Um, I wasn't <laughs> exposed to really any of that until I got to college and um, started teaching fitness because just like for fun. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what I was doing. I like cringe at like the classes that I taught back then. But um, I just kind of got into it in college and it sort of snowballed from there. But everyone is so surprised to hear that like my parents, sorry, mom and dad, I'm going to throw you under the bus, <laughs> but they don't take my classes. I've been begging them to take my classes and they're like, it's just, you know, maybe someday. <laughs> so where'd you go yeah. to school? I went to Kansas for undergrad and grad school. Oh, very cool. I just had uh, the head strength and conditioning coach from the Kansas basketball team. Booty? Yeah. Dr. Oh Ram Ramsey. Oh, okay. So it's not Hootie anymore. See, this is goes to show I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Bill, uh, coach self brought him in in 2019 from the NBA. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. See, it goes to sh my husband would be like, shame on you. You should know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's so, awesome. I'll have to listen yeah, to that. Yeah, he was really cool. He was the youngest head and strength conditioning coach ever in the NBA. And Bill Self, Coach Self, kind of brought him or like poached him from the NBA to come to the Jayhawks. That's awesome. It just goes to show how good of a program KU has that oh, he yeah. could recruit. Always. With, That's uh, awesome. So you weren't always into it. You get into it and it becomes your career. Was that like, how did that evolve for you? Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, like most kids in college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I've always kind of been a little entrepreneurial. Like I've had these little side hustles really since I was a little kid. And um, so I knew I wanted to do something in business, didn't know what. So I'm actually a business major. I started in um, IST, Information Systems Technology. And I had a so I had a software internship, an internship at a software company. And I was sitting behind a desk doing working on the software projects as a junior in college. And I was like, I can't do this. Like I'm more interested in trying to schedule the yoga classes for the employees than I am about the actual project that I'm working on. So I I will never forget during my internship, I researched how to apply for physical therapy school. Cause I was like, I got to make nice. a pivot. I got to do something else and applied for physical therapy school during my internship. And, um, surprised that I got in because I had no background and most people are exercise science majors, stuff like that. Um, got in and continued to teach throughout physical therapy school. And there's a whole story behind all of that and where, and how it got me to where I am now. But yeah, it's so funny, like how the twists and turns of life bring you to where you are. Yeah, so true. What was um, the first kind type of workouts that you fell in love with? Yoga. I actually started teaching yoga. Um, I loved the, because I, again, people are going to be surprised to hear this. I don't like love to work out. I like it better now, but like, I was never someone that like loved to exercise. I'm not a very athletic person. Um, I was never very good at sports, but I liked yoga and I felt like I was good at yoga. I was naturally flexible. I liked the calming aspect of it. And then as I got into physical therapy school, I started learning more about the importance of building muscle. And I was like, oh, I have no muscle on my mm -hmm. body. And so I started to transition what types of workouts I was doing started lifting weights, started teaching other types of fitness formats, started to get more into like cardio. Sorry for the plane. Can you hear that above me? No, I can't hear it. <laughs> okay, good. Is good. that LAX? The Santa Monica airport is like really okay. close to us. So we have these like small propeller planes that fly right over our house. So it gets loud. Um, but anyways, it kind of um, learning about these different fitness formats. I started to believe that, oh, more is better. I need to be doing more. I need to... Mm -hmm. um, be exercising all the time. 
And that led to all this chronic pain, overuse, not prioritizing recovery. Um, and that eventually led me to start the business that I have now, which is all about building fitness results without wearing down your body. Mm -hmm. Take me through your normal schedule when you were in that phase of wearing down your body. Yeah. Um, well, I was teaching a lot of fitness classes at the time. And when you're a fitness teacher, a lot of times you're doing the, most of the class with, with mm -hmm. the class. Um, so I would teach at several different places. Um, I'd probably teach once, maybe twice a day at maybe the same studio, maybe a different studio. And then usually a few times a week I was lifting. And then a few times a week I was doing yoga. So I was definitely working out intensely every single day, whether it was teaching an intense fitness class and or lifting. And then oftentimes I was doing really two workouts a day, sometimes three. Um, if I was like teaching twice and then I wanted to go do my own lifting session or whatever. And it's so ironic because I, my body composition and my muscle is better now than it was then. Mm -hmm. And it's because I didn't have any structure in my routine. It was just like, I just got to do more. Like I'm burning all these calories. That must mean it's effective. And now I like cringe at that, but that's what we're taught in fitness conditioning is that the more you do, the better your results. Do you think that's uh, misunderstood from most people trying to get in fitness or like trying to figure out what's best for them? I think so. I think it's a little bit of a mash of American culture prioritizing hustle and doing more and not resting and not prioritizing or understanding the importance of rest from a physiological level. And I also think that it has a lot to do with marketing. Like if, you know, you see like 30 day fix or like mm -hmm. transform your body in 30 days and these programs will be very intense and not, not encourage really any recovery. And people might do that for 30 days and they might see some changes in their body. And then they quickly burn themselves out either because they hurt themselves or they're like, I can't maintain this. It's too hard to stay consistent. And they, uh, they quit. And then the, you know, the gains that they saw slowly fade and then they come back to it. And it becomes this cycle of like this yo-yoing and people think that like, oh, well that worked. Like I, I had all this intensity in that program and I saw some results. So that must mean it, that is required when I'm all about teaching people that's not required. Mm -hmm. We're, we care about longevity, which means that you have to train smarter, not harder. What, when, how did it click for you? I, so I had, when I was like 24, I had chronic pain all over my body, my, my back, my hip, my shoulder, my wrist. I literally thought that that was the price that you had to pay to be fit. Like I, cause all my patients were dealing with the same thing. Everybody that was fit that I was treating as a physical therapist was broken down and worn down and had knee pain or back pain or whatever it might be. And, you know, spending every week with me on my table, like trying to patch <laughs> them back together and almost feeling like it was like bragging rights to be like, yeah, I'm falling apart. Cause I work so hard. <laughs> and so I thought that that was just normal. Like, and I think it is kind of normalized it in is, our culture. Yeah. You go to any gym and everybody has on kinesio tape and knee braces and wrist braces. And it's like, wait a second, if you're so fit and healthy, how come you're hobbling around? Like, is that really <laughs> true health? If your fitness is costing your overall joint health. So I moved from, um, actually lived in North Carolina for a little bit, right above nice. you. I moved from Kansas city to North Carolina and I had a period where I was off training for two weeks, just moving and kind of like fell out of a routine. And during those two weeks, I was like, I feel amazing. Dang, My body feels so much better. And I was like, wait a second, like, this isn't my body. That's the problem. This is my workout. That's the problem. So I dug into like biomechanics and physics and I studied a little bit of bodybuilding actually. And, um, started to like kind of apply different things to my training. And I started to see better results even and feel better too. Um, so that's kind of where I was inspired by this whole movement of working smarter, not harder. Is that when, uh, your business idea clicked into? Yes. Definitely. Because I knew that this wasn't an isolated problem with just me because so many of my patients were dealing with it too. And it's so funny because, um, 
I talked to so many people, I threw around this idea to so many people and they were like, well, we don't need another fitness method. Like there's so many fitness methods out there. That's not what people need. Like people need to be patched up. Like you should work on their mobility and their stability so that they can go do the things that they love. And I'm like, yes, but I know that there's people like me who just want to be fit and they just want to be healthy and they don't want to feel bad. Yeah, they want so to feel good. They want to feel good. And they, you know, they're not necessarily worried about being like peak, peak athleticism, or they're not necessarily trying to compete in anything. They just want to be healthy and feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just ignored all those people who told me not to do it or told me to pivot in a different way. And I'm really glad I did because we found a lot of people who it resonates with. Rebel Rabbit is on a mission to provide a healthier and smarter way to socialize and drink their alcohol free cannabis infused seltzers are perfect for anybody just trying to kick back and relax after a hard day at work or on the golf course with your friends or hanging out at a party and you want to wake up and feel better the next day their seltzers are perfect for you they are a great alternative to alcohol as well their website is drinkrebelrabbit.com use promo code life20 you'll get 20 percent off your order that link is in the show notes but join the mission and start drinking and socializing smarter with Rebel Rabbit Seltzers. When did you kick off Evlo? Um, right before the pandemic. Like, right. It was like crazy timing. <laughs> was it all I, online then? Yes. I, well, it was, yes, all online. It was in the works. I, I will never forget January of 29 or 2020, I started like building it. Right and then before. the pandemic right before and then the pandemic hit it wasn't done yet but i was like oh my gosh i gotta just accelerate this mm -hmm. and so i put on the gas and it was the crappiest product my members who were with me from the beginning will will remember like i just sent out youtube links and i had a horrible webcam like you could barely hear me like grainy screen um we've upgraded a lot since then but i'm kind of one of those b plus and out the door people rather than a plus and never get it out the door mm -hmm. um so yeah, it was <laughs> that first iteration is, <laughs> is always funny to look back on. What, um, talk me through your training schedule now that you've obviously understood it a lot more prior to uh, recovery and different types of workouts. Like how do you structure your, say a normal week for you? Yes. So structure is everything for me now. Um, and I understand first and foremost, how to, measure my own recovery and how mm -hmm. to know if I maybe pushed it too hard or maybe I um, need to back off a little bit in my training. So I always prioritize that first, but every week um, I teach all the workouts that I do are when I'm teaching for the membership. So I'm not doing any outside workouts. So um, every week is like a different format and we're working different muscle groups each, each day. Um, and then we try to hit each muscle group two times, one to two times per week on non-consecutive days. Cool. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday, I always take recovery. So on my recovery days, like I might walk or hike. There's some days where I'm like my, I can feel my body needs more rest. So mm -hmm. I'm just not really going to do much and I'm just going to rest. And I find that those two dedicated recovery days have made the biggest difference for me because number one, I feel like I'm able to gain muscle easier because I, I don't get injured. I give myself that dedicated time to fully recover. And then number two, I think it's helped me stay emotionally more um, committed and consistent because it's not such a grind. Like I'm mm -hmm. like, I make it to the weekend. Yay. I get two full days off. And then by Monday, I'm ready to start again. Is there, um, is there some, a strategy people could follow if they were trying to figure out the best schedule for them, like mixing strength training or mixing cardio or mixing some hit in there? Yeah. Um, I like to recommend making strength training your cornerstone. And when you're, when you're thinking about strength training, you want to structure your week again, similar to what we do, whereas you're not working any one given muscle group on two consecutive days. So you don't want to like, you know, work legs on Monday and then work legs again on Tuesday, like give mm -hmm. them at least 48 hours so that they can recover. Um, so I like to say, if you're going to build your workout, start your skeleton of your, um, workout routine or schedule or calendar with your strength workouts. Mm -hmm. And then from there sprinkling in cardio, I like to recommend, um, if you're a runner or if you are a swimmer and you do some other cardio trying to hit like around 150 minutes per week 
of like lighter intensity cardio, more endurance type cardio. For me, I just walk and it's that's great, it. Yeah. yeah, I love walking, big, big fan of walking, but that's my low intensity or light intensity cardio. And then HIT, I recommend that I, I see HIT as optional and I actually see that it can be counterproductive for some people, depending on what's going on in your life. I think there's a lot of dogma around hip hit in the fitness industry. And people are like, you got to do it. It's so good for your health. Mm-hmm. Well, not always. If you're, ha- if you're struggling with fertility issues, or if you have joint pain, or if you have chronic stress, hit can actually be counterproductive because it's very stressful in your body. So I think that if you're going to add hit, sprinkling it into your routine, maybe two times a week max and keeping those sessions really brief, like 15 minutes is really all you need. Because if it's longer than that, then you're probably not getting true high intensity. Why do you think HIT has kind of evolved into that you have to do it mentality? Well, there's a ton of research about how beneficial it is. And I think the problem with the current research that we have on HIT or on um, really exercise in general is no one's really studying the upper limits. No one's studying like, oh, a little, this is good for you. Like we're seeing positive benefits from a cellular level when people are adding HIT. And so we read that or we see that research and people interpret that as, oh, that must mean I need to do more of that. Like, oh, that's good for me. That must mean that I should do it all the time. And that's not true. But unfortunately, there's not a ton of research right now on those upper limits. Mm -hmm. And so people kind of take it out of control or take it out of context. I also think there's not a lot of research on which populations might not benefit from HIT. Um, It's very generalized right now. And I hope to see more research kind of getting more specific with how to how to incorporate hit and what type of individuals would benefit from hit have you seen um i think it's picked up but how, how have you seen females pick up more uh, weight training i am so happy to see it becoming more uh, of the norm mm-hmm. i think um you know f- historically females have been afraid to lift weights because of getting bul- the fear of getting bulky and again that's coming from marketing that's not coming from science If you look at how females respond uh, physiologically, we have lower levels of um, some anabolic hormones that are responsible for protein synthesis, that are responsible for building muscle. For example, testosterone. Men have higher levels of testosterone um, usually than women do in general. So that allows men to see faster and more muscle gain than women. So from a physiological level, it's difficult for women more difficult, not impossible for sure. I've done it, but, um, to, to build muscle. And so I think that a lot of the fear around that has come from marketers preying on women's insecurity of like getting bigger or bulking up when in reality, women are like, wait a second. I feel like I like my body composition more than ever after I started building some muscle and I feel better than ever. And their metabolism increases and they, it's just, I really want people to at least try it for Mm -hmm. at least a few months if they're afraid and they feel like they get bulky, quote unquote, then they can always stop. Um, But what my my wife is always talking about this. She's trying to build muscle Mm -hmm. and lose fat. And she Mm -hmm. struggles sometimes with like her nutrition and what to eat and like how to schedule her workouts. What's maybe some tips around that. So trying to build muscle, but also lose fat. Yes. This is called body recomposition. And this is the like, quote unquote, toning effect that, um, toning is actually a word made up by, um, the fitness industry. It's not like you won't find it in the same context in the scientific literature, which I just think is such an illustration of this, (laughs) but, um, so body recomposition is possible. Um, but it is a lot more difficult because when you're trying to build muscle that happens easiest when your body has plenty of fuel, if you think about it, you're building larger, more cells, which requires more fuel from food. So muscle building happens a lot easier when you, and faster, when you have a calorie surplus, when you have more food than Mm -hmm. you, than you were. Um, but with that, oftentimes will come a little bit of fat gain as well, Um, now you can, you can like do the bulking and cutting thing, which I haven't gone into a ton in my own research. I haven't done that, but you can do that for sure. 
or you can work on body recomposition with the understanding that it's going to be a little bit of a slower process. You can build muscle, but it'll be a lot slower and you have to have your macros dialed. You have to have calories at a certain level because if you're eating in too much of a surplus, you'll gain fat. And then you also have to have um, enough protein that's crucial. And if you don't have enough protein, then you won't be building the muscle that, that you need. So yeah, it's a harder process. Um, one thing that in, I, I always like to preface by this, by saying I'm not formally trained in nutrition, so I can only kind of go by what I've learned from the experts and then what I've, what I've had success with personally. Um, but what people can do is they can calculate their total daily energy expenditure and there's lots of online calculators that people can use, and this will give them a calorie goal uh, to like maintain. Um, so like, let's say your maintenance calories are like 2000, just to keep it a nice, even round number. So you want to eat around 2000 calories per day, maybe like a little bit less, like maybe like 1900 calories per day for the fat loss. And then making sure that you're getting plenty of protein so that you have the fuel and the amino acids to be able to build muscle. What, um, when did you learn how important protein is? You know, you think that I would have learned this a lot sooner than I did. And I'm embarrassed <laughs> to say that, but like, even after I started my business, I mean, I knew, I always knew the importance of it, but yes. So I always knew the importance of it, but I never knew really how much I was getting until I started tracking like last year. And when I started tracking, uh, I noticed I was getting about half the amount that I should be getting to build muscle. And I was like, no wonder I'm struggling so much to build muscle. And so I started, I basically doubled my protein and I started to see my body uh, recomp. So I started to lose fat and gain muscle. Now, granted, I was also um, tracking how many calories I was getting. I think mm -hmm. that if you are trying to body recomp, you probably are going to need to track because it's such a tedious process. It's such a, it's a harder process to go through. So I think that, um, I think that if you are trying to, a lot of people don't want to hear that because it yeah, takes true. a lot of extra effort, but I do think that that's probably, I, I had a lot of success personally doing that. What are some of your favorite types of protein? I like, I eat all of the meats and things like that. I do a lot of my followers on Instagram will know this, but I do a lot of sardines. <laughs> and, <laughs> my wife's um, bought sardine, sardines recently. So wait, did she, did she eat them? Yeah. How does she eat them? Oh, I don't even know. She like just keeps them in the fridge in the little container and yep. they're super nutritious and they're very good for you. And they're, they're high in protein. Um, I put them in, I do like a little sardine salad just for the listeners. If you like tuna, people get grossed out by sardines. You got to get the boneless skinless ones. It's just like fillets. It looks like a can of tuna. Like you wouldn't, it looks like the exact same thing. Tastes really similar. I actually like sardines better than tuna. Um, sardines, boneless, skinless, Greek yogurt, pecans, artichokes, apple, and celery. So it's like, and mix it all together. It's like a little sardine salad. <laughs> um, really good. So I do that a lot. I do a lot of chicken. Um, and then I also do a lot of Greek yogurt, cottage cheese. I, I'm not above a protein bar. I eat a lot of protein bars. I'm not above a protein powder. I do a lot of that too. Mm -hmm. I think it's hard to get a lot of protein. So I'm, I am not, I, I optimize for convenience and I'll, I will do protein powders and bars. What about, um, carbs? Like what, uh, what are some of the better carbs you think compared to, or I think like fruit or rice, you know, what, what do you think works? I've tested this in my own body and I find that if I have a carb heavy, if I have like a bread or um, tortilla or a carb heavy breakfast or lunch, I crash like mm -hmm. mid to late afternoon. If I'm going to have like tortillas or any kind of bread, I like to have it in the evenings. I feel like it just energy wise, I feel better. So for me, carbs that I do in that breakfast or lunch are going to be like mostly fruits. Um, and then I do tend to do at dinner. I try to do, I try not to do a lot of bread unless I'm like going out to eat and it's a you know special occasion, but I'll oh, yeah. do rice or tortillas or sweet potatoes. Um, that's what I've personally found feels the best for me. I just don't, I just, I notice I've get, this is the whole like intuitive eating movement is like when I eat bread, I feel, ugh, 
I yeah, just don't feel good afterwards. Do you do inner uh, fast any fasting? I do. I play around with it. Um, I am not strict about it at all. I basically wake up and if I'm hungry, I eat something. I <laughs> used to be like a. I would only drink black coffee. I would like wait as long as possible to eat, and I've gotten a lot more lenient with it recently. Um, and I know there's lots of contention around fasting. Like some people swear by it. Some people yeah. think it's awful for women to do. No one's ever going to agree on nutrition stuff. Right. So it's just like, I think you just try things and see what fits the best and adjust if you, if you have a different chapter of your life. So yeah, I do a little bit of both. Yeah. I've, I've tried multiple times. I've never really figured out if fasting is something that works for me or not. Do you get hungry in the morning or like, what have you found? Sometimes. And I think it probably depends on, you know, what I had for dinner. Yeah, I think so too. I think I've found that if I have, it's so interesting. If I have like a carb heavy dinner, I'll mm -hmm. wake up hungry. Whereas if I don't have a carb heavy, like if I, if I go out to eat and eat like bread and ice cream and like all the things and like have a really beautiful decadent dinner, I'll wake up hungry the next day. And then if I, if I don't, I, I don't know. It's so fascinating. I wonder if that has something to do with like, blood sugars and stuff. Yeah, very true. Like your body is somehow craving it, even though you had so much more food the night before. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I would guess, and again, not my area of expertise, but I would guess that it's a blood sugar thing. With, um, I see you rocking an aura ring. Right? Yeah. How yeah. is it? You know, I am pretty anti-fitness tracker. Okay. <laughs> um, only because, um, only because like a lot of the fitness trackers on the market reward endless activity. And mm -hmm. I don't think that they are good about helping us balance recovery and activity. Like the fitness, like Apple watch doesn't know maybe if you're sick or if you are exhausted, or if you have worked out for six days in a row and you need a break, it's going to continue to like encourage you to hit those, those yeah, finisher goals. Goals and circles, no matter what your body is going through. And so I think it can really encourage, um, over exercise. And also I'm not a big fan of tracking calories burned in your workouts because fitness watches have shown to be like a ridiculous, like, I think it's like 70% inaccurate as yeah, far as sure. tracking calories. And then it's just not a very good measure of your workouts efficiency at all, because a weightlifting session, for example, that is maybe one of the most beneficial things for your body, isn't going to burn a ton of calories. Mm -hmm. So Somebody might like start their watch on their fit on their lifting session and be like, I only burned a hundred calories. Ugh, like that must have not worked. That's not effective. <laughs> so I think it can kind of skew our thoughts. So, anyways, I was hesitant to get an aura ring, but I wanted to see, I wanted to check it out because people have said great things. And also I wanted to use it for fertility tracking because it mm -hmm. can track your temperature, um, which is really cool. So I got it and I actually love it. I'm a big fan. I, because it is really good at helping you balance recovery and exercise. It'll mm -hmm. tell you like, Hey, you had a hard day yesterday. Like maybe you should take it back and it'll automatically adjust your activity mm -hmm. uh, goals for the day. So I, I really like it. My, uh, my gut whoop whoop is yeah, I think. Yeah. Whoop's cool. I had whoop once. And so it was too much data for me and it started like overwhelming me. And if I didn't sleep good or if I wasn't like fully recovered, it would almost like mess with me mentally. Yes. So I had to stop wearing it. Interesting. I think a lot of people are like that mm -hmm. with these fitness trackers. They get, do you feel like you got like, like fitness became not fun because you were so obsessed with like doing it perfectly or what was it for you? I think it caused almost like if I woke up and I had bad sleep, then my day was like, dang, I have bad sleep. I don't have the right amount of energy. So it was like messing with my mood during the day, depending on how it told me I recovered and slept. Whereas like maybe if you didn't even have that information, you wouldn't have even noticed. No, I wouldn't have. And so yeah. I don't, I don't wear it anymore. I don't, my wife has an aura ring and she has one very similar to the reason you do. She has it for um, fertility tracking. Um, she also does it for like her period tracking, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and she loves it. And it was funny though. I saw her earlier at lunch and she was like, Oh, I didn't sleep great last night. Like it told me, and I was like, that would have really messed me up. 
Yeah, I think, but I think you're so wise to be like, this doesn't fit my personality. Like I got to get rid of this because mm-hmm. I think some people don't really, they have a hard time doing that. Like I'm like recognizing that in themselves. I think for people like that, which is very common, what I try to do and what I would recommend is before you check your app, just check in with yourself and be like, how do I feel? How did I sleep? Did I sleep? Okay. Am I feeling good? And a lot of times I'll be like, whoa, I feel like I got hit by a truck today and I'll check my aura ring and I'll be like, your recovery score is lower. And I'm like, yes, validation. But um, yeah, I think try not to put too much stock in it is important. True. With, um, with your sleep, is there a, you know, a certain amount of sleep you try to get? Like, what do you do to get good sleep? And obviously you probably know, and I know how important it is. Oh yeah. I am a big fan of sleeping. It's so funny because I feel like there a lot of like successful people will wake up at four in the morning and they'll do the cold plunges and they'll go work out for three hours or whatever. I'm like, I think for me to have the most successful day, I need to have enough sleep. And so what I do is I don't have the extensive morning routine. I sleep until six or six 30. I make sure to get those eight and a half, nine hours of sleep because I know I'm going to be so much more productive during my waking hours. And I'm going to see ultimately better results in every area of my life. If I can make sure that I'm consistent with my sleep. So I think that's kind of anti what a lot of like people in this space think or say, but I'm just kind of like, instead of if it's going, if waking up three hours earlier is going to cost my sleep, even though I might be able to get in some self-care practices, I'm like, the sleep's got to come first. Yeah. I mean, I think, I do think that is changing in a way. And I think the kind of like the traditional old school high performers that got to get up early, they got to start their day doing all this stuff. I think if you get the right amount of sleep, then you're just going to be way more productive throughout your day and you're going to live longer. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I think the data is just so clear and we like people think like, oh, I don't need a lot of sleep. And I think there's a spectrum. I think some people maybe need more sleep than others, but the data is so clear. Like if you aren't getting, you know, seven hours every night, like your health is going to suffer eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, you might be able to compensate for decades, but eventually you're going to feel it. So I'm a big fan of like, um, I'm a big fan of getting in bed at like, you know, nine, between nine and 10 reading for like even a few minutes <laughs> and then got my red light lamps on, which (laughs) I don't know if you have, we we put um, red light bulbs in our lamps in our bedroom. And uh, our friends are like, what is this? You guys, I'm in a strip club. Like what's going on? And it's it's honestly like very calming. Like it'll put you right to sleep. Um, So yeah, I'm a big fan of just prioritizing sleep as, as number one, honestly. Definitely. Engineered sleep makes the best mattresses out there. Sleep is the number one thing you can focus on right now to better your performance on a daily basis. And you might as well be sleeping on an engineered sleep mattress. Like I said, their products are the best and their customer service is second to none. Their website is engineeredsleep.com. If you use promo code LIVE15, you'll get 15% off your order. So if you or someone you know is looking for a new mattress, reach out to the team at Engineered Sleep and they'll hook you up. Again, their website is engineeredsleep.com. Use promo code LIVE15 to get 15% off your order. Back to uh, the aura ring and you tracking like your cycle, fertility. My wife was, this is question comes from her, but with the female cycle, she's heard a lot about like cycle, um, like matching your workouts with your cycle, depending on your energy levels. And she said, you have some great takes on that. So what is, I have some takes for sure. So, um, a couple of things I, I think it's very popular right now because it's new. And people are like, oh, what is this? Like, I want to, I want to do this. I want to do something different. I like the intention behind it. So the intention is that you don't have to train the same every single day. Mm-hmm. And this goes for men, I think too. Like it's not necessarily just for females. Like if you are waking up and you feel horrible, whether it be because of hormonal fluctuations or whether it be because of lifestyle things going on in your life, if you push through that and train as hard as you possibly can, your body is not going to adapt positively. I think being able to like dial it back when you need more recovery and rest is one of the most important things for your longevity. Um, So I like the intention behind cycle syncing that 
you're kind of, you're not just like barreling through, even though your hormonal fluctuations are affecting your body. Um, however, I do think it's a little bit misguided because when we look at um, what social media is recommending, they're recommending that you do different workouts basically every week of your cycle. So like when you're on your period, you'll do like yoga and walk and Pilates. And then the next week you'll do hit. And then the next week you'll strength train. And then the next week you'll do um, whatever. And so there's really no consistency of your training. And when we're thinking about muscle growth and positive adaptation from fitness, we really do need that consistency. You don't want to be just lifting two weeks out of the month because you're not going to see any progress. Mm -hmm. So even though you can lift every single week of your cycle, you can still gear back a little bit. And maybe you're just not trying to hit a PR on one day when your hormones are a little bit lower. So that's the first thing or the second thing, whatever, wherever I am on that list. And then the final thing is that a lot of the recommendations on like TikTok and Instagram are just a little off. And I think it's because of conditioning around a woman's period. And when you are on your period, you should hug a tub of ice cream. You're tired. You need to sleep on the couch. You're going to be emotional. You're going to mm -hmm. be cranky. And it's just not really physiologically what happens. Um, as far as a hormone perspective, your hormones are actually the lowest when you're on that week of your cycle. And that's when you're hormonally closest to a man. So you have a great, um, it's a great opportunity for you to lift the heavier weights or push it a little bit harder in your workouts because you have a better, uh, rate of recovery. So that said, there's a lot of individual variability. And so women, I think just need to like, forget everything that they know about their cycle and just notice like, how do they feel throughout their entire mm -hmm. cycle? And just train based on how you feel instead of train based on like how someone tells you you need to feel. Very good. With um, with these miracle drugs, I feel like there's a lot of buzz about. And they're in my circles. They're in my, you know, some of the girl groups I know in my hometown. What are your takes on Ozempic and I think the other one's Manjaro? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I had an endocrinologist on my podcast because I wanted to educate myself a little bit more. And, um, I also am not an MD, so I don't think, I think anybody who is like in the wellness space and they're saying all these opinions about this drug, but they're not medical doctors. I, I, I try to like, kind of stay in my lane and mm -hmm. just say like, so I think she, so what she from what she told me, they can be really great life-changing drugs for people that do need it, um, for people with diabetes or for those with obesity who need the drug. Um, it can really change their lives. Now, she was saying there's a lot of people that are using it that don't need it, that have normal body weight or they don't have diabetes and they're taking it for aesthetic purposes. They're taking it to just lose weight rapidly. Um, and so my thought with all of this is, I have two kind of worries or concerns. The first is um, if you're taking it and you don't need it and you're taking it just for like rapid weight loss, when you, when you, what happens with the drug is it makes you not hungry. Um, so it plays on receptors of your brain that make you not really interested in food. So you eat very, very little. And when you're eating a very small amount of calories, you lose both lean muscle. So muscle tissue, bone, things like that, and fat. So you're not just losing fat, but you're losing your lean tissue, which is extremely valuable to maintain and gain as you age, because we're losing it already as we age. Mm -hmm. So I think when these people get off the drug, if they get off the drug and they go back to their normal eating schedule, they'll see rapid weight gain and not only fat, well, all fat really, because not only have they lost a bunch of fat while taking the drug, but they've also lost lean tissue, which is responsible for helping keep a really healthy, high metabolism. So they get off the drug, their metabolism is even lower than when they got on the drug and they might see themselves bounce back even more. So I think that's kind of my concern. And then my second concern is that I think influencers um, whether or not they're selling something related to fitness will take this and say like, look how good I look now, mm -hmm. follow my program now take my supplement or whatever, even though it's the drug that made them lose a rapid amount of weight, not their fitness program. Yeah. Um, so those are my two concerns. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I've mixed feelings about it. I definitely have I think more concerns and I think it's being abused a little bit more by people that 
don't need it, you know, right now. And uh, especially if you're losing more muscle instead of, I think the ratio is you're losing, like you said, more lean mass, more muscle, almost than fat. So you, by the time you do get off the drug, if you do, you're more weak, you're fragile, you've lost a lot of muscle and for longevity. Your metabolism just, is shot. Your yeah, metabolism is shot. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, I think if you're going to be on the drug, like working with a dietitian or somebody who is like, okay, you need to at least to make sure that you're getting sufficient calories and that mm -hmm. you are strength training and that you're eating enough protein, um, to hopefully offset that. But I think a lot of people aren't doing that. They're like, Oh yeah, I only have to eat 500 calories. So that means yeah. I can lose like 40 pounds in a month, um, and see really rapid weight loss. So I think, uh, there's no free lunch, right? I think, yeah. <laughs> I think, although it can be a great drug for those who need it potentially, um, I think we got to be careful for some of the side effects. Yeah, totally. And I think there needs to be more studies too. And it's just an interesting time because those drugs have gotten so much buzz and I know. just kind of shake my head. <laughs> I know, but it's so interesting. Like the endocrinologist was like, I've been prescribing this drug for years and years and years. Like it's not new. Mm -hmm. It's just that like, it's just gotten popular for some reason, like the last couple of years or not even like maybe one year. Yep. Um, she's like, I've been prescribing that. I think she said she's been prescribing it since like 2015 or something. So it's been around a while. Does um quick change of topic? Does your <laughs> husband does he work out? Is he very active? He does. He does, uh, he does my workouts, which nice. is so funny because um, he never. I've taught for years, and you know, years before I started this, he never went to my classes or did my workouts, and he loves them now because he plays basketball, he plays golf, and he has a history of like back pain. He herniated a disc squatting, like just like I did. And, um, so he's like, I don't want to hurt myself. And he's, and he likes that the classes are, you know, you're lifting weights. Mm -hmm. It's not just for women, like must men have the same deltoid insertion in origin that we do. So it's like the same movements work for men too. Um, just, they just have to use heavier weights. So yeah, he loves it. He also <laughs> runs a little bit too, like once or twice a week. Very cool. My wife, uh, she's got me working out with her more. Like when we just started getting together, I was kind of like the guy that just go to the gym, not really talk to anybody. And now she's like gotten me involved in the community and now the teachers and the classes and all that sort of stuff. I love that. What do you guys do together? That's so cute. We do a little bit of everything. Um, we do, we'll go to the gym together and do different strength training workouts or same movements, but maybe we'll be on a different schedule, but we'll do yoga together. We do, we have like this soul strong class. So it's like a heated workout class which i like because i love to sweat Lovely. sometimes yes love the same. same so a little bit I of everything workouts. um all right so evlo what can people expect from your program and your website and, and your scheduling yeah so um all of our instructors are doctors of physical therapy and have a ton of continuing education beyond physical therapy school um, about biomechanics, about the nervous system, about, um, exercise adaptations. And so our whole goal is to help you build muscle without the wear and tear. And that comes with a ton of structure and following our structured program, which is great because people just get to press play on the class and show up and not think about what they have to do. Um, comes with a ton of structure and it also comes with the exercises that we choose. We think that exercise selection is huge. It's not just about the exercises that you're doing, but it's also about the ones that you're choosing not to do. And so we give a ton of ed education, even within that of like, okay, if this isn't working, here's how to adapt it and change it. So our whole goal is to like really help educate people so that they feel empowered to almost like create their own little custom workout, even within our classes. So that's the great point about picking the workout. Can you just explain on that one bit? Yeah. So I always say not every exercise is created equal. So exercise is just physics. It's just load moving around an axis. So when we're thinking about how our body needs to be resisting load, we need to think about what tissues are doing that resisting. Is this load in line with the muscle that I'm trying to target and load? 
or is it kind of at a weird angle and therefore the muscle kind of gets a little stimulus, but it's also, we're also getting some joint capsule stress mm -hmm. there. We're also getting some ligament stress there and maybe it feels okay for now, but after repetitions and decades of doing that exercise, eventually it's like, oh, why does my shoulder hurt? Or why does my knee hurt? Because of the forces that have gone through your body. So physics is probably an entire different conversation that we could have, but um, it's really important to understand the angles of force that are going through your body. And I think that that's something that's not widely understood in the fitness industry. Very true. I think it's, it's so right that if a workout or a movement isn't working for you, don't do it. Yeah. Find a different one. <laughs> Thank you. It's like, oh, people are like, I hate push-ups, but I know I need to do it. And it's like, or you don't, yeah. or just like do chest presses instead because it works the same yeah. muscle and it's probably more comfortable. So, <laughs> so true. All right. Last question. If somebody's out there listening and they're like scared to get into working out or they're just overwhelmed with everything going in, what is like your little message to them to find what's right for them? It doesn't need to be a lot, but it does need to be intentional. I think that people think, I don't want to do this because if I'm not going to give full all out effort and I'm not going to be in a sweaty heap at the end of my workout, it's not going to be effective. And that's so not true. <laughs> I barely, uh, well, I it's hot right now in LA, but I usually don't sweat in my workouts and not that sweating is bad or wrong, but it isn't always necessary. Um, so I think that that, that removing the barrier of time, that it doesn't have to be 60 minutes, six times a week, removing that it doesn't have to be grueling and exhausting in order to be effective. I think those are two things to really kind of understand and things that our conditioning really doesn't want us to believe people have a lot of resistance to it, mm -hmm. but if they try it and they see the results and they feel better and they're, and they're hooked, they don't go back. Awesome. Well, um, it's been so informative. I'm so glad to have you on and I'm just excited to continue to follow you and continue to see what you do. Cause I mean, like you said, you've built an incredible brand. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You asked such good questions. This was such a lovely interview. <laughs> well, thank you so much and enjoy LA and hopefully it gets a little bit cooler for you. But um, okay. thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. Give our partners some love by visiting their links in the show notes. Spinks Convenience Stores, you can find the location nearest you. Rebel Rabbit Seltzers, they're on a mission to socialize healthier and smarter, so join the mission. And Engineered Sleep, making the best mattresses in the game. You might as well be sleeping on an Engineered Sleep mattress. For me, if you could give our show a five-star rating on your listening platform, that'd be greatly appreciated. And thank you so much for listening.